LA's only local radio station. It's Breakfast Club with Maddie B on a Monday morning. It's nine past seven and forty degrees outside. State Senator Eric Brakey joins me now. Senator, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. I can ask you a question. I don't know why I've never asked this of anybody before. Are you more mindful of your driving when you're driving your car with the with the state senator license plates on it? Because I can't tell you how many times, Eric, that I've been on the turnpike and I have been zoomed by or somebody just does something ridiculous. And I'm like, oh, they've got legislative plates on. And they've got the legislative <laughs> plates on. And I'm like, let me look them up. And I'm like, wow. You know, I actually am a lot more mindful <laughs> when I've got my Senate plates on because, you know, you're not anonymous. And if you're a jerk to someone on the road, they can they know who you are. <laughs> they can find you. So, yeah. so it, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's it's one of those. It's like one of those uh, like keep you in check sort of things. Yeah. It's, it's... It, it, it doesn't mean that I'm a perfect driver. I mean, I make mistakes just like everyone. So if you see me uh, do something stupid on the road, I hope uh, I hope that <laughs> anyone can say, oh, well, that's his one mistake. He gets to have that. <laughs> well, the good news is they can just email you later. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's no big deal. Send like... dot at yeah. <laughs> Could okay. see it now. Hey, could you maybe check out the blind spot before you turn? Or do you go into the switch lanes, please. Thanks. Yes. Um, let's talk about some of the uh, local stuff happening. Of course, last week was the uh, big uh, Lewiston mayoral race. Um, quite a story here uh, in all of it. First off, there was the runoff, and and uh, and Mayor McDonald won his won his third term. What were your thoughts on this whole thing? You know, I, I thought it was probably one of the most fascinating local elections i've i've seen in my lifetime now some people are gonna say eric you're 27 years old that's not very long but but i but i think we it it certainly just you know look at how dramatically mayor mcdonald was outspent with um money pouring in from out of state and across state and 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 special interest uh liberal advocacy groups all all over the country really um McDonald's opponent raised almost, I mean, not too far away from $100,000 for a local local race. Bob McDonald raised $5,000 and I, I think mostly spent it on yard signs. And and and, and radio. <laughs> and radio. And that's, radio. That's true. I guess that's, that's right. the, the power, yeah. the power it's, of... It's uh, the power of the Z. The power yeah. of uh, Z1055. <laughs> but it just, I, I guess it just really goes to show how much... Maine is changing and how much the Lewiston Auburn area is changing. You know, when we go from an area where, uh, you know, for, for 40 years there was this ironclad Democrat control, and I think people are really kind of waking up and questioning those policies, the policies of big government, the policies of, 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 of welfareism. Uh, and, you know, the fact that it was. I think most most political observers thought that Bob McDonald didn't have a chance, but the people of Lewiston just showed that you know we're, we we can't be bought by these by these out of state groups. You know, coming up, we're going to talk about something about being bought. We're going to kind of revisit question one from November. Uh, Jeff Timberlake had a really good op ed in yesterday's Sun Journal. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the uh, heroin stuff going on. That'll be in segment number three. In segment number four, probably talk Second Amendment. Might not be as spirited of a debate between me and Eric as it was between me and Senator Libby last week, but you know, we'll talk about it. We'll brush on it. It's seven thirteen. It's forty degrees. You're listening to the Breakfast Club on Z one hundred five five. It's LA's only local radio station, and it's Monday morning.
Oxford Networks, now offering cloud-based technology services. Five, LA's only local radio station. 40 degrees. Have folks from Red Zone Wireless in next hour. Right now, Senator Brakey continues with me. You know, Jeff Timberlake put a uh, put a uh, op-ed in the Sun Journal yesterday uh, about question one and some of the unintended consequences with that. You know, it, you came in and talked about it quite often. Um, it it was talked about quite a bit, and now I think uh, Chicken's coming home to roost with that a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about that because there's going to be some hard decisions here, especially with the money that's going to have to go into elections now that could have gone to other things that you know might have been useful and helpful. You know, I, I think that Representative Timberlake's piece really highlights an important point. Is <laughs> I, I think this is a, a classic case of bait and switch. The old kind of Nancy Pelosi saying of we got to pass it before we know what's in it. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think that's that's where we are. I, the untold millions of dollars to fully fund the, fund this uh, this uh, expansion of of publicly financed campaigns. And I don't like calling it clean elections because I feel like that's a propaganda term just happens to be codified <laughs> in the law. Clean. It doesn't actually make our elections cleaner. The special interest money still comes in. It just goes to PACs and political parties, and it actually raises the bar for how expensive it is for people to uh, run for office. Um, now it's it, it, now we're setting the bar that it's sixty thousand dollars for a Senate race, fifteen thousand dollars for a House race. Um, I mean that's that's ridiculous, and and the and the taxpayers are going to be paying for that. So millions of dollars now are going to have to have to. Uh, come into this to full, to fully fund this, and where does that money come from? Uh, we don't have that uh, immediately available. Now they said, "Oh well, we can just cut cut loopholes for for businesses or this or that." That's well, always the answer, right? right. Well, yeah. you know, the Appropriations Committee uh, has been trying to find places to 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 save money for we you know our wait list for adults with intellectual disabilities and autism has been underfunded to nearly the tune of $100 million. Do you think that if those loopholes were easily available, we would, that, that they would have at least not been brought up and debated so that they could be, uh, and the argument would have been made for closing them, whether or not a majority of the legislature would have agreed to it or not. But do you not think that would have at least been debated as, as people were really trying to find ways to take care of our most needy? Um, and so the money is going to come from somewhere. If we're going to fully fund this program to the millions of dollars so that uh, so that politicians can buy yard signs and and robocalls for their campaigns. Are we willing to take that out of our education system? Are we willing to take that out of our community colleges? Are we willing to take that out of revenue sharing and, and, and people seeing their property taxes go up? I mean, it's got to come from somewhere. <clears throat> and so this is what we're really going to, um, you know, I've been a, a, a very, very strong opponent of, of, of this. I and we'll we'll see what the options are going going forward. But funding this is going to be incredibly difficult. And and there's if we're going to fully fund it, it's going to mean making really tough choices, taking uh, resources away from very important programs in the state. And um, I'll see what's put on the table. But if it truthfully, I mean, if it comes down to funding uh, the uh, fully funding the clean election, uh, the uh, publicly financed campaigns. Uh, expansion or or funding our schools. I'm going to vote for funding our schools. I think that's more important. I feel like that's more important as well. But you know, it's what do I know? 
I, I actually had one person that admitted to me that the only reason that they voted uh, yes on question one was because Governor LePage said to vote no, and they just wanted to do the opposite. Baldacci also said to vote no. We had bipartisan <laughs> agreement that this is so poorly thought out. <laughs> If if LePage and Baldacci agree on something, you know you know it's got to be bad. It's a rare it's a rare <laughs> moment of political political alignment. We should take notice. It's true. State Senator Eric Brakey will have more with him coming up. It's seven twenty six. It's forty degrees. You're listening to the Breakfast Club on Z one hundred five five. This is your Sports Flash for Monday, December. State Senator Eric Brakey. First two segments we talked about the Lewiston mayoral race, and we also talked about the follow up from Question One, as. Uh, Representative Timberlake talked about that yesterday in the Sun Journal. So if you missed those sections, you can stay tuned after the show at Z1055.com. Lots of talk about uh, Maine's drug problem and specifically the drug problems, uh, the heroin issues. Um, Don't see a lot of people overdosing on marijuana nowadays or ever. So that's why I mention it as as heroin. And that's been one of the biggest problems. Now, I know... uh, Health and Human Services Committee has has been working on some stuff. I know Senator King has been talking about things. Governor LePage has talked about things. What's going on in the Health and Human Services Committee? Well, it's a it's a pro. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's the heroin epidemic is a is a real problem here in Maine, and 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 you know I was in New Hampshire the other day, and I they were talking about the exact same problem in New Hampshire. So this is really uh, this I mean, this is something that's really happening in our area. Um, we are going to have there's legislation coming forward that is looking at the enforcement side of things uh, as well as the treatment side of things uh, in the Health and Human Services Committee. We're going to be looking at the treatment side of things, you know, and I'm, I'm going to go in with an open mind and see what we can do. I think we have a real problem. Um, my question is always what specifically is government able to do? I think that sometimes we have we. There are so many tool, tools available to a society in terms of how to address a particular problem. But in government, I think we run into the problem where um, when all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Well, when a problem gets brought to us in government, um, we, uh, <laughs> the, we think that, well, the only, solu- the only tool we have to fix a problem is, is government. And I think that in certain places that works, but there's also a lot of situations that doesn't. Um, so I... I'm. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but we're going to look in earnest and see what we can do. Uh, you know, there's um, on the on the treatment side of things. I think one of the the hard questions is, you know, you can throw so much money at treatment for helping people, but at the end of the day, uh, unless someone is ready to help themselves, then you're just throwing good money after bad. Uh, but you also want to make sure that you do have the resources there available for people who are ready to really in earnest take those steps to try to get themselves clean and get back to a better life. So it's really these these are these are very difficult questions, and the truth is that there aren't many easy answers. Um, but I think there are some real problem areas we should look at. Um, you know, d- uh, the data I've seen has suggested that four out of five people who become addicted to heroin started off with prescription painkillers. And so this really seems to be um, people. Pe- that's where the addiction to opiates began. Um, so not a, it's not a gateway like you know people say, oh, you know, marijuana or something else is a gateway. No, this is where the actual addiction addiction begins, and then they move on to other forms of opiates. Um, 
if there are things we can look at that are within the proper scope of of government and within um, and would actually uh, adva- make advancements in helping this problem and not just doing, I think, what politicians often like to do is just look like we're doing something, pass laws, and so we can say we did something, whether or not it actually fixes or, or helps uh, address the problem. Um, I'm very open to that, and we're going to be looking at that in earnest in the Health and Human Services Committee. State Senator Eric Brakey, have one more segment with him coming up. Listen to The Breakfast Club on Z1055. It's 745. It's 40 degrees outside. The Breakfast Club. Oxford Networks, where business is better. Every time I hear that song, I think of that meme on the internet where it's, where they hand out a ribbon. And it says, I survived, a, I survived a meeting that should have been an email. Like, I lived. Like, I always think of that. I don't know why. We've think, all been through those meetings. <laughs> I feel like you go through them a little bit more than I do at this point. But, you know, you guys have to get together uh, up in the legislature. So what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Reminder, the Vac Shack is your one-stop shop for cleaning supplies and quality vacuum equipment at 485 Pleasant Street in Lewiston. The Vac Shack is Maine's expert for all your central vacuum needs. Call 783-2902 or check out thevacshack.com. You can also like them on Facebook. We continue now with State Senator Eric Brakey, final segment with him. So far, we talked about the Lewiston mayoral race. We talked about the fault for question one. We talked about uh, the heroin epidemic. Right now, we'll talk a little bit about the Second Amendment. And, of course, mass shootings, uh, terrorist attacks, I guess they're all the same now, from what I'm assuming. That's that's what I hear. Um, they've been in the news a lot lately, and, of course, there's been a renewed push for gun control. So, as someone who, who uh, managed to uh, put through a, a constitutional carry uh, and get it into state law this next year, I feel like you've probably got some thoughts on this subject. Well... Well, first I'll say, I, you know, I was just listening to the interview you did with Senator Libby. Um, I don't know when, when that was. but it's last Monday, I last think. Last Monday. And, yeah. and I, uh, you know, Senator Libby's a good friend. I uh, work with him on issues in the, in the, in the Senate. Um, but, you know, I couldn't disagree with him more on, on, on some of the, uh, the issues there. So first let me say, I do think that we have a serious problem uh, in despite all the exaggeration that that goes on, um, you know, inflating the statistics and everything, we do have a serious problem in this in this country with, with violent crime, including violent crime that, you know, where, where guns are used uh, to commit the crime. The problem is that a lot of the solutions that are being put out there to what is a serious problem are not serious solutions. Uh, they wouldn't address the problem. They wouldn't fix anything. Um so just to put some, some things in perspective, you know, so some people are claiming this number, oh, we've had more mass shootings this year than we've had days in the year. Well, according to the FBI, FBI statistics, that's actually not true. That's, it's, it's closer to 50 or 60, which is still 50 or 60 too much, too many. I mean, one is unacceptable, let alone 50 or 60. But why, why do we feel the need to inflate these numbers and include, you know, an incident that happened with a BB gun where no one was actually – really harmed why is that considered a mass shooting well because people are promoting a political agenda and they want to inflate these numbers to to um to to excite people but but again even one is is too much now but when we look at the actual data we go we look back over over 20 years we go back to the 90s gun violence in this country has gone down at a significant rate uh 
about 30% over the last 20 years. We're at an all-time low for gun violence. But there is one, there is one sphere where gun violence does continue to rise, uh, and that's in gun-free zones. That's, that's the only place where we see that there is more gun violence than there was 20 years ago. Everywhere else we see gun violence going down. And when you ask, uh, when you ask a lot of the gun control advocates for their solutions, whether it's this New York Times uh, a piece that was on the front page of the New York Times where they were outright calling for the mass confiscation of people's firearms, uh, le- legal citizens' firearms, um, or, or even more subtle things like uh, you know, they want to ban m- magazines that hold a certain amount of ammunition. You ask them, okay, well, how would this have, ha- or even background checks, how would this have prevented this, any of the mass shootings that we're, we're so concerned about? Well, come back, they can't point to anything. Um, it wouldn't have prevented those mass shootings, but they say, well, maybe it could, they could, these proposals could help address some, some of the other gun violence in the country. Well, Outside of the mass shootings, gun violence in this country has already been going down significantly over the last 30 years. We might not know it based on the 24-7 media news cycle um, where everything gets, gets ginned up. Um, and we should always be looking for things to do to, to combat these problems more. Uh, but gun violence has been going down. So some of the things we can do if we are looking for serious solutions to combat gun violence, uh, if we see that in areas that aren't gun-free zones – Gun violence has decreased uh, dramatically by, I believe, over 30% over the last 20 years. Uh, but yet in gun-free zones, it continues. Uh, that's where we see the problem. Maybe we should look at whether or not gun-free zones are wise. Are we just broadcasting to criminals who want to do harm to people that this, isn't, this, this is the place to do it because people are going to be defenseless? For me, it kind of doesn't make sense. Why would you have a gun-free zone where you disarm people from defending themselves but no security to, to screen people if, if they're actually caring. The only people who are going to obey that are people who already have respect for the law. So, um, so I, I, I do think there are some things we can proactively look at. I think that if we're going to fight the, the, if we're going to fight the problem of criminals using firearms for, for bad purposes, I think the only real solution, though, is going to be... Uh, empowering regular everyday citizens to to be able to defend themselves state senator eric brakey always a pleasure when you come in senator have a great christmas you too merry christmas matt thank you we'll have more coming up by the folks from reds and wireless in next hour here on the z the breakfast club boys and girls